Hey, Playmakers, real quick before we get into today's episode, if you're one of those listeners that just cannot wait for that next episode to drop, and if you're over on YouTube and my website binging my content there, I just wanted to say thank you. It means the world to me. But just remember, the free stuff will only get you so far. So if you want my complete proven blueprint for opening a successful and sustainable play cafe or indoor playground business that is profitable from day one, I want to invite you to join me inside my signature course, Play Cafe Academy. Head to the show notes right now to get instant on-demand access to all 12 modules, your detailed pre-launch checklist, your 34-page business plan template, your plug-and-play financial model to help you estimate your startup costs and project your revenue, and everything you need to save time, money, and frustration throughout your entire opening process. For a limited time right now, you'll also get an entire month of free access to Playmaker Society, my invite-only membership created exclusively for Play Cafe Academy students who want to work with me personally to optimize and scale their businesses through coaching, guest experts, legal and operations templates, and plug-and-play resources, plus collaboration with over 220 other owners, plus so much more. Head to the show notes and choose your preferred way to pay in full or over time right now. You'll get more information on the current bonuses. You'll see some success stories of those who have gone before you and exactly what to expect when you join us inside the program. I will see you there. If you're in the play and party business and you want to operate with more ease and joy, all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for Small But Mighty Tips Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play or party-based business. All right, Playmakers, welcome back and happy Wednesday. It's me, your host, Michelle Caruana, and I am so excited to bring you this episode today because we are talking about something I absolutely love to geek out on for obvious reasons, and that is selling digital products online. Now, this might seem a little off topic for a podcast usually about brick-and-mortar play-based businesses, but I have an episode coming up about how to become an outlier as an owner in the indoor playground industry And finding a way to make a quote-unquote unscalable business scalable. And what I mean by outlier is I want to give you ideas on how you can make more than the average indoor playground owner and work less while doing so. Because if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know that it is very difficult to make it in this industry, let alone pay yourself a substantial income. So I want to share as many ways possible to get you there. But first, what is a scalable business and why is it important? So according to Investopedia, scalability within the context of business strategy refers to an organization's ability to grow without being hampered by its structure or available resources when faced with increased production or demand. So in the indoor playground industry, a business model is not scalable if it is only set up to serve customers within its four walls and 
within its operating hours, right? Its structure is its physical location and the resources is the available time in the day. And that's because there will always be a limit when it comes to how many customers that you can accommodate. Even if you are fully booked to the max and every available slot is filled during your open hours, you can't put more hours in the day. And again, your business will be confined by its structure if it's set up in a traditional manner. So again, in this case, that means your physical location. So in this upcoming episode, I'm going to be sharing all sorts of ways you can do the quote-unquote impossible and make an unscalable business model scalable, like adding drop-off and pick-up balloons to your business, doing off-site events and classes or rentals, adding physical product e-commerce into your mix, and more. All of those options, plus more we will discuss, allow you to serve more people in more ways than your physical limits would traditionally allow. And not only do these strategies allow you to grow your customer base, they can also help you serve your current customers better as well. And sometimes when I'm working with someone, it can feel like that business owner may have a limiting belief around this. A lot of times when I'm doing my one-on-one consulting, I'll propose some of these strategies and I'll get an objection back. And that person might say, well, you know, I'm really not in this business just to suck every single dollar I can out of my customers, right? That's not how I like to do business. But I want to challenge that way of thinking. So instead of feeling like you're sucking money out of your customers, I like to think of scaling your business as finding more problems your customers are already seeking solutions for and simply providing those solutions. So for example, let's say someone had a great experience hosting their one-year-old's party at your place, and now they have this high level of trust with you. But maybe they have other events coming up that they wouldn't necessarily rent your space for, like let's say a high school graduation party. But they still have needs for that event, and they want to choose a vendor they can trust. So maybe they need a balloon garland for that party, or maybe they have a baby shower off-site coming up, and they need a balloon garland or a balloon bouquet or columns. Or again, keeping with the balloon realm, maybe they want a bouquet of balloons to gift their child on their last day of school or something like that. You can continue serving that same customer for all the celebration events in their life while you continue serving others in your physical location. That's what scalability is all about. This customer's needs would be there whether or not you offered that particular service. They would just be seeking out other vendors if you didn't provide their solution. But they already trust you, so why not be that solution? Why not you? Again, I will dive into many more examples in that future episode. It's coming up very soon. That is just one to get those wheels turning. But anyway, in today's episode, we will be talking about another way to scale your brick-and-mortar business. And what I love about this topic is that it doesn't require as much upfront investment as something like a balloon art business. It doesn't require as much investment in learning a new skill. It doesn't require an investment in a helium tank or a ton of stock or anything like that. We're going to talk about how you can start doing this literally today with free or very inexpensive tools. 
And while yes, this is a great way to scale an indoor playground business, if you are still in the planning stage, this can also be a great way to fund your business. So let's get into the good stuff, shall we? As I alluded to, today's episode is all about digital products. And with me to geek out on this topic is Heather O'Donnell. And Heather is the owner and founder of Kindergarten Ready Skills, where she helps preschool moms prepare their kids for kindergarten. And she is also the owner and founder of Teacher Biz, where she helps teachers build profitable, enjoyable online businesses of their own. As a former kindergarten teacher, Heather is passionate about helping teachers use their teacher skills to make an impact and an income beyond the classroom. And she is also the host of the Teacher Biz Podcast. So in this episode, Heather is going to break down some misconceptions about launching an online business, specifically a digital product business. And some of these objections may sound familiar because I hear them from you all the time. So some of those misconceptions are, you know, oh, I need to be really tech savvy in order to have an online business, or I need to sell a product that helps people make money if I'm actually going to have a successful digital product. Or I also hear, you know, gosh, I have to rely on third-party sites like Etsy or teachers paying teachers in order to make money and give up a ton of my profits. And then lastly, another thing I hear all the time is people worry that they need to spend a lot on their business up front in order to make it successful. So Heather is going to share her best tips and strategies around choosing a topic to design a digital product business around, developing your digital product, getting people to take notice of that product and actually become customers, delivering that digital product and what that looks like behind the scenes. And again, how you can start very easy and very tech-friendly. And then finally, expanding your digital product business beyond that initial thing. So whether you are a teacher or not, if you have ever wondered what it might be like to sell digital products online and make income more passively, this is a must listen. And again, this can be a revenue stream added to your brick and mortar business or a completely standalone business. So even if you have a little bit of an idea of what you might want to sell, I want you to listen to this episode with an open mind. And even if you feel like this is something that you could never do, again, I want you to give this a listen, listen all the way till the end. And at the end, Heather is going to give you a great free way to start taking action right away. I have linked all of Heather's resources and her podcast in the show notes, but without further ado, here is my interview with Heather O'Donnell of the Teacher Biz Podcast. Hi, Heather. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So let's get started by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about what you do. Sure. So I'm Heather O'Donnell. I am the owner and founder of Kindergarten Ready Skills, where I help preschool moms prepare their kids for kindergarten. And I'm also the owner and founder of Teacher Biz, where I help teachers build profitable, enjoyable online businesses, just like I have with Kindergarten Ready. And I'm the host of the Teacher Biz podcast. Awesome. And I had the pleasure of being on your podcast recently. So it is such a treat to now swap places and have you here sharing with my audience So I know there are a lot of teachers listening, and I'm sure they're curious, what kind of motivated you to get into this line of work and help other teachers and former teachers? 
Yes. So I actually wanted to stop teaching so that I could stay home with my kids. I decided that before my oldest was even born. And I was kind of dipping my toe into this online business world. I started with a blog because it was just so far-fetched for me to think of myself as an actual business owner. And I felt like a blog was more doable. So I did that for a few years. It never really made much money. I kind of hopped on this hamster wheel of pumping out content and then pinning it on Pinterest like crazy, which used to be a big thing. And it, it didn't really ever make a dent in our family's budget or contribute all that much. But around 2020, right after I had my second child, I actually leaned into starting an education, more education-based business with Kindergarten Ready. You know, that was mid-pandemic. People were homeschooling. I had so many people I knew in real life reaching out to me and asking for help on what their child should know, how to help them learn. I knew there was a big need for that. And I knew that I could help people. So I started Kindergarten Ready. I did things a lot better the second time around. I started with products first, and I created my best-selling product to this date called the Ultimate Alphabet Learning Kit, where I help a preschool mom teach their child every letter of the alphabet, including letter names, letter sounds, and letter writing. And I really break down and explain to them, you know, everything that could be tricky about that letter or how to move your mouth to make a letter sound or move your hand to um, write the letter with your pencil. And that product did really well. And so then I just began creating this community and serving them with more products and really helping people to be successful in teaching their kids at home. And of course, I had some teachers joining that business as customers along the way too, because they knew that if a mom could do it at home, they could also use it in their classroom. And there was this big debate for a while about whether that education business was only doing well because it was during COVID and there was such a need for it. And I had this hesitation, like once things go back to normal, will my business crash? And I just want to uh, explain that it definitely did not. It held a steady right when things went back to normal. So it wasn't just because of COVID that that business did well, but that's definitely what made me recognize the need for my skill set and what I could bring to the world. Awesome. And those toolkits, are they video trainings, downloads? Can you talk a little bit logistically? Because I know a lot of us are probably interested and I'm always curious to hear about other people's methods of putting digital products together. Yeah. So on the kindergarten ready side of my business, most of them are digital printable products that I create inside of Canva, which is the easiest thing that you could do to create a product. Um, so Homeschool families, families with kids that they're trying to help learn, and teachers are very familiar with printing off activities to use with their children. And oftentimes that's what they're looking for. So I meet them there with what they want and I give them these printable digital activities, which is great. It's so much easier for me than having to actually print and ship something to them. They can just receive it via email. And there's no expense in that besides my email service provider that I would be paying for anyway. And it's my favorite way to do a product like that. So I started with my alphabet kit and then that did so well. And people were asking me for the same kind of a product, but for math. And so I created my numbers kit 
And that was my second product. And then I was thinking of more activities that my community would like. And right around that time, it was early spring. So I created a spring learning kit that's all seasonally spring themed. That did well. And I thought to myself, well, there's three other seasons. So that would make perfect sense to make products for those two. And I did that. And then I created so many themed little activity sets, themes and holidays and things that really get the buy-in from the child who's using the activities because they're so excited about that theme. And now there are just so many in my lineup. And I also now have added in a membership, which is, is my favorite product in my business because one, it brings my business stability to know that I have these members that are going to be paying me every month. And therefore I know that I will be able to cover all of my bills and expenses in my business. But I also love that I can get to know them better and serve them on a deeper level and really see a trans transformation for them over a period of time. And so my membership is pretty simple. It's called Kindergarten Ready Club. And they just receive um, three levels of activities for, from me every month. So it's really for a family with a two to six year old child or multiple children within that age range. And they get early preschool, preschool and kindergarten level activities, which I give them all of the levels so they can kind of pick and choose as they need to. But just with that simple of a membership, I have about 800 members in my membership now. And so it's really bought, brought this higher level of stability and regularity to my business that I love so much versus having those one-off products that did do great and I loved them. But once I launch them and there's no more excitement about them, it kind of fizzles off and it doesn't bring that same kind of consistency. Absolutely. So 800 members. Wow. Congratulations. That's amazing. Yeah. Not just in the terms of, like you said, the revenue and stability it provides you, but the impact that you're able to have on others because you have that longer term relationship with them. So I love that way of looking at it. What is the price point of your membership? So it's $12 or $22 a month. It's a two-tiered membership. And actually, as we're talking about it, that pricing is expired. I'm actually going to raise it next time I launch it. So it will be 14 and 24, but still pretty low priced. And the lower tier, the 12 or $14 tier, will get you all of those activities that I just told you about. And the only difference with the higher tier is that you also get a workbook with one skill page per day to do with your child. And I added that in because I have so many customers that are just more familiar with like pen to paper, pencil to paper kind of work that we had when we were kids and that's what they wanted to use with our child. And so I'm really trying to meet them where they are and give them what they want and then build in that learning through play piece alongside it so that they can see the benefits of that too. But it, it's, it's, been 12 and 22 and it will be 14 and 24. And I love having a low priced membership like that because I think it just keeps it as a no brainer monthly payment for my people where it's not like a stressful thing that they're looking forward to each month. And in that way, I have people who have been in my membership for over two years now and they're sticking with it because it isn't some huge monthly payment that they have to make. 
That's awesome. So my audience loves details and talking logistics. So I'm just curious, how do you actually host your membership? Do you use an online course platform? Do you use your own website? Yes. So now I use an online course platform. I use Searchy. Searchy is really fun because it's video based. And so I actually, along with the activities that I bring them every month, I make a quick video, which is just slides on my computers that show the activities. And then I voice over, tell them how to use that with their child, which is just like a game changer for them, especially with so many customers who have this insecurity about, I can't teach my child because I'm not a teacher. So it's so helpful to them. Uh, but I, I have that fancy portal now. When I first started my membership, I did not have a portal and I just delivered my membership content via email in one email per month as a download link inside an email. It was so simple and scrappy and people loved it. So for your listeners who are hearing this, you don't need a fancy membership portal to start a membership. I would actually encourage you to start scrappy and small and with a low price point, like something like an email service provider that you're going to be paying for anyway. And then over time, once you build it up, it's a lot easier to then transition to maybe a fancier kind of a portal. Yeah. And I am a huge fan of Searchy. I actually use Searchy as well for a lot of my content. So it's great to hear that you love that platform as well. It's one that I've recommended many, many times on this podcast. And one of the things that I love about your business is that you are really crushing myths that I hear all the time. One of those myths being that the only digital products or the only courses or the only things that make money in the online space are money-making tools, right? Are tools directed to help people make more money. That's all people want to spend money on, but you're clearly doing well selling resources to people who are not buying them to make money, right? Absolutely. I have the second side of my business now where right. I'm helping teachers make money, but the much bigger portion of my annual revenue is coming from a kindergarten ready business where I'm serving preschool moms and I'm doing it from a really heart centered way instead of an, I want to bulk up my bank account kind of way. Money is great. I love making money. I want to help people make money, but I want to do it in a way that feels good and is actually helpful to people. And that's what I'm trying to help people do. Teachers do now on the teacher biz side of my business, because I think it is so possible and I have absolutely been successful in selling just to a regular mom. Like I said, my price points aren't super high for her. I keep it at a level that she can easily afford. And I like doing that. And then delivering a product like a one-time print off, you know, I'm not going to show up live and coach her every day of the week for this low price point, but I can give her a printable product that I create one time that she can be successful with for a low price point. And then I can just do that kind of in mass to lots of moms and still make a very decent income doing that. Yeah, it's definitely scalable. And I love digital products because they are relatively more passive, right? Nothing is truly passive, but in terms of actually actual delivery, I know a lot of people listening are indoor playground owners. So every time we book a birthday party, every time we sell an event ticket, it's great, right? It lights us up. It reminds us why we do what we do. But that means we still have to deliver the service, 
right? So we collect that money, but then there's still an expectation on us. Your delivery is automatic. And again, that's why I love digital products in my own business. Once you make that sale, you can rest assured knowing that that product is getting instantly delivered. That person is getting a quick win. They're getting everything that they expected right away. There's no further expectation on you. So of course you still have to promote those products, but I love that the, the, the excuse me, delivery itself is extremely passive. And kind of along those lines, I was watching your Instagram stories recently, and I saw that you were talking about promoting those products because another big misconception that I hear is that in order for people to make money with these types of products, they have to use Etsy or they have to use teachers paying teachers. So I had to ask, has that been your experience? Absolutely not. And I actually think that the, those are so common. That's what teachers generally think of when they think of selling their own products online, because oftentimes as teachers, we have used those services to find products ourselves. But there are actually so many benefits to selling your products yourself on your own website, on your own digital land that you have control of. And that's what I'm encouraging my teacher biz students to do. It's what I've done in my own business. And there are so many reasons for this, but just to give you a few, uh, when you sell your products on your own website, which by the way, can just be a single sales page. There is no coding required. You do not need to be technical. I definitely am not. But when you do that, one, you get to keep just about all of the money from the sale. There are very small payment processing fees from things like Stripe or PayPal, but it's so marginal compared to the 40% take that one of those third-party platforms will take from your selling your product. And you get to keep the email address of the person who has purchased from you, which I think is the most important thing because when you're selling a product on one of those third-party platforms, you make the sale, you find this customer, they get your resource and they might really like it. But then they just kind of float off into the internet, never to be heard of again, and you have no real way to follow up with them. Whereas if they purchase from you and you deliver their product via email and they are now on your email list, when you have a new product in the future, then that you have this audience of past customers waiting there to purchase it from you. And you're so much more likely to be successful building this email list community in that way versus selling on a third-party platform. You also get to have so much more control over the customer's experience and give them your persuasive sales copy, again, from a very like genuine, actually helpful, not ever sleazy kind of a way. But you get to guide them through the journey that you want them to take and actually show them it, uh, in your own way, not in some pre-made template that you have to conform to, but you can show them why they need your product and how it will be helpful to them. And so I just think you're so much better off selling your products that way. I completely agree. And I loved this first part of the conversation because I think we took care of three of the biggest myths that people have out there for starting this type of business, whether they're teachers or not, or not. And that's number one, you have to sell people information to make more money. Number two, you have to invest in fancy platforms right away or be extremely technical. And then number three, you have to rely on third-party sites. Those are three things I hear all the time. So I absolutely love that we were able to take care of that right away. But kind of 
diving into the other side of your business. So where you help teachers make more money. What are some of the common challenges that you see amongst your students when they're first getting started? Because I know right now in this conversation, everyone's feeling really excited, but they're probably thinking, okay, this can't be all butterflies and rainbows, right? So can you talk about that a little? Absolutely. I think the biggest challenge that teachers face when they're transitioning into having their own business, and really, I think it's for everyone, not necessarily just teachers, but it's the mindset piece more than anything else. It's this idea that I'm not a business owner, so I can't do this. And also, who's going to want to buy something from me? Do I really have something to bring to the world? We take for granted what we know and we discount it as not special because we already know that thing. And we it's so hard to remember how many people out there don't know what we know and could benefit from that information. So I think the mindset piece really crushes people more than anything else. I read recently that mindset is 80% of success in business. And I absolutely believe that to be true. Anytime I have gone to a new level in my business, it has been because I have overcome some kind of element in my mindset. And it's never been because I learned a new strategy, even though I love strategy and that absolutely is important. So I think that's one thing. And then the other thing that comes up for teachers is that there's just so many things to do. There's so many free classes I can take. There's so many, you know, different things I can learn about. And should I learn about Facebook ads or social media or all these things? And when they don't have a clear step-by-step, -step, do this first and then this and then this, it becomes very easy to just kind of get or scatter all over the place and lose focus and then not really make any real progress on the work that you want to do because you're trying to do all the things at once. So I would say definitely find someone to help you with mindset. I, I have built that into my course. It's not even something I really mention in my marketing, but in the beginning of every lesson that I teach my students, I stop and teach them about how to overcome a mindset block that they are probably experiencing at that phase. And I think there's so much magic to that. It's one of those things where I'm giving them what I know that they need that they don't even know that they need it yet. And then the other thing is just to find someone to kind of be your mentor and give you a path to follow because so many people have already done this. You don't need to come into creating your business and try to reinvent the wheel from scratch all over again to do it in your own way. I have always been so much more successful in following a process that already exists. And so that's what I would encourage people to do. So maybe they want to come over and learn from me at TeacherBiz. Maybe they can't stand learning from me and they're cringing listening to this conversation right now. Find someone else that you can learn from. You know, if you want to create an indoor play business, of course you would learn that from Michelle. Find someone who can teach you the thing that you want to do and follow a path in a step-by-step -step system. I think you're so much more likely to be successful that way. I completely agree. And it's funny, I've had this exact same conversation with several guest experts lately. So it's incredible how much that same sentiment permeates into all different industries. And I find the exact same thing with my audience. And I just got an email the other day that said, you know, I've been watching your YouTube videos, your podcasts. I take one tip from here, one tip from here, one tip from here. And I was wondering why I wasn't seeing that full transformation. And then she enrolled in the course realize that there is a step by step by step process and a light bulb went off and she said oh my gosh I was missing the entire foundation a lot of your free content yeah it gives little nuggets and little tips 
but the foundation is absolutely key. You're never going to find success. One of my favorite, you know, examples is if you are looking to start a health journey or something like that. You can't do one day of this program, one day of this next program, one day of this next program and go to all of these different places for tips and resources and try all these different things and never commit to anything and seeing anything from the beginning to the end, of course, you're not going to get results, right? So I love that analogy. And it's so interesting when I hear other people say that they experience that same thing with their students, that it is so helpful and so beneficial to follow a proven step-by-step blueprint from someone who has been there, from someone who has accomplished what you want to accomplish. So again, thank you so much for validating that. I love to save people time and money and energy. So it's great Mm -hmm. to hear that you have, again, that same experience. So kind of diving more into that with your community and with your students, I know you've mentioned that you have been able to have an amazing impact. Do you have any success stories or examples of people, of course, other than yourself that have been able to leave their full-time teaching jobs or whatever job they've had and start their own business? Yeah, I have so many students who are in this place now where they have just finished creating their very first product and they're now working on getting it into the world. But all of the work that they did to get to that point, I'm just so proud of them. So I think of a student of mine, Bridget, who is a middle school teacher, and she knew she wanted a teacher biz, but she wasn't really sure what her gift was or what she had to bring that was special. And so she created her business called Middle School Classroom, and we decided together that her gift was classroom management, and boy, do some middle school teachers need help with that. And so she created her product, which is a mini course where she's going to help set a middle school teacher up for success in classroom management. And just all of the things that she had to push through to create that, she had to learn how to film video for the first time and show up on video for the first time and edit those and put them together. And so now she's ready to sell that. And I'm really proud of her transformation. Um, Another student of mine, Joy, she had already had a business when she came to me. Um, Her business was Ready Hands for Kindergarten. But she wasn't seeing success and and she wasn't really able to grow her list because her pages were not converting as well as she wanted them to. And so I was able to take a look at her sales pages and rip them apart in the best way possible in a really kind way. And she took action and made the changes that I recommended to her. And her email list grew so drastically after that because She was able to leverage the sales page behind a freebie opt-in and run profitable ads based on the changes that I suggested to her. And she went from having less than 2,000 email subscribers to all the way over 10,000 subscribers in just a month or two based on the changes that I suggested to her, which just really proves the point that having someone else's eyes on your work and hands in your business when they have that kind of experience is so, so beneficial. Absolutely. And hopefully nobody listening needs a recap on why an email list and why email marketing is so important. I talk about it all the time. So I'm sure that has made a hugely significant impact on her business. But kind of, again, diving into what you alluded to, I want to go back to that about finding your gift. The first example that you mentioned she was kind of trying to figure that out. So for anybody listening who is really excited about potentially going on this journey, 
Do you have any tips or strategies when it comes to identifying that gift or a business idea that might be profitable for this type of business? Yeah, I think deciding on your specific skill set is so important when you're just getting started. And the way to do that is really to talk to people around you and think about what they think of when they think of you. And it's a little funny to ask them that. I have always found that leading with a compliment and telling that person the information about them first helps them to reciprocate that to you. And it's kind of fun to have this little bit of a random positive conversation. But that's one method. And then just thinking about what people ask you for help with. So if you are in the classroom right now, what are your other teachers in your school coming to you to ask for help with? So that's one thing. And then also, what do you enjoy talking about? Because if you're going to make a business about this thing, you're going to be talking about it a lot. And so it's very important that you're passionate about your topic. But all of that being said, if you can't quite figure out what your thing is yet, I wouldn't stall out there. And I would encourage you to just take some action and try something because the clarity comes from the action. And the best way to figure out what your business should be about is just to start getting in motion. So I have a student, Lynn, who comes to mind. She is a prepper. She likes to prep for natural disasters, which is kind of cool. And so that's what she was going to make her business about first. She has a background as a teacher, but she wasn't planning to make a business based on teacher stuff, which is perfectly fine. Um, You know, really the things that I'm teaching would work for any business. I just am drawn to teachers. And so that's who I am serving with teacher biz. But she was going to make this prepper business. And she got into motion and started doing the first few steps of building out this business with that topic. And along the way, she realized that was not the topic that she wanted to make her business about. And so she shifted gears and she realized that she has been a tutor for many years. And that's something that teachers are interested in learning how to do to make some side income. And there really is so much strategy in how she is tutoring, what her price points are and how she's finding clients and and so many things that she has taken for granted because she knows them so well. and. And her first thought was, doesn't everyone know this? But they don't. And so now she has completely shifted gears and she's going to make this business called Tutoring Freedom to help other teachers build out their own tutoring businesses. And I just think that's so beautiful. But she never would have got to that if she didn't get into action with this other business topic. I love that you brought that up as an example, because a lot of people will try one type of product or one niche, not really like it, and then they'll kind of give up or they'll say, oh, this isn't for me. I'm not meant to do this, but I love the opportunity that finding what you don't like or what doesn't work gives you. And I try to help people get excited when something doesn't work, because that means that there's more opportunity for something that does work. And that's just a chance to try something new, try something different. And I absolutely see the same thing in my business. I noticed that a lot of people in the indoor playground industry, they had teacher backgrounds, they had education backgrounds, they had artistic or creative backgrounds, and they were coming to me for help with the business side because I went to school for business and I knew the numbers and the financials. And I had the exact same experience in that I assumed everybody knew 
how to calculate prices based on profit margin, how to do all those fine-tuning things behind the scenes. And I needed help on all the other stuff. So that's why I created my course because people were coming to me for help with the business side. They had the creative stuff covered. They loved doing parties. They loved creating classes. That was their area of expertise. So I was able to then create a program that filled in the gaps. So as you said, if anyone listening has any of those things that people come to them, there are so many different examples. So hopefully that those couple that we shared got your wheels turning. But I think those examples are so cool of finding different things, trying different things out, because that's really what online business is, is seeing what sticks and also seeing what's enjoyable for you. Yes, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, that's kind of the reason why I started Teacher Biz. I didn't actually need to. I was doing just fine with my kindergarten ready business. But I am so obsessed with marketing and business strategy, and I had been using these kind of advanced business strategies to sell my teacher's pro teacher products in a way that I have not seen other teachers really doing online, and I felt like they needed this information, and it would be fun to teach it to them. So I built out this whole second business so that I could you know, have fun teaching things that I'm kind of obsessed with and help people do things in a way that isn't normally done online, but I think that would help them be more successful in the long run. That's great. And I can't wait to dive into that in a minute, but there is one more question that I wanted to ask or a couple quick questions. The first is in, you know, all of the examples that you shared, you talked about coming up with a product and things like that and getting it out into the world. Do you have any tips or strategies about getting people to actually see the products once you figure out what your gift is, once you figure out how you're going to get scrappy with delivering it, how do we actually get people to take notice if we're not using those third-party sites? Absolutely. So I think you have two main choices, the paid route, like paid ads, and the organic route, which is free exposure. And I do think the best businesses use a balance of both of those things. But we don't usually have the time, money, energy, or combination of those when we're first getting started in our business to do both things well. So if you have more of a budget and less time, I would encourage you to try paid ads. And that's what I did in my kindergarten ready business. I had a three-month-old and an almost three-year-old when I was starting that business. And I didn't really have the extra time or energy to really devote to free traffic to that business. And so I started with paid ads, but I ran them in a way that I wasn't really investing money out of my own pocket into my ads. I was just reinvesting the profit that came into my business back into the ads. And so people get scared of ads because, you know, they're a little intimidated about taking money out of their family's budget to spend on them. But I believe that if you run them well and right and intentionally and strategically, that you can actually make enough with your ads to more than cover the expense of finding people that way. So I would encourage you to, to you know, learn what how to do them and how to do them well before you try them. But paid ads are actually a really great route to find people. And then your other options are organic content and organic exposure. So um if you're not going to do paid ads, I think you absolutely need to have a weekly organic content source like a podcast or a YouTube show or a blog 
or a combination of all of those three things where you repurpose your maybe podcast episode into a YouTube and put it on a blog. That's what I do for my teacher biz podcast. Um, and then in addition to that, there are so many other free ways that you could find people. So there is social media. I know people have a love-hate relationship with that. I think if you don't want to invest into an ads budget and you enjoy social media, then that is a great route for you. If it feels life-sucking or draining or just not enjoyable, then I don't think you really need it. And I think there's other things you can do, like pitching yourself to be on other people's podcasts or contributing free value to other people's communities or speaking in summits um, or speaking at live events. There are so many ways that you could find people. Um, and sometimes you just have to get a little scrappy with it. That's awesome. And I am a not great person with social media. I was trying to find a way to put that. <laughs> I'm a paid ad scale all the way. I am so willing to buy back the time that I would mm. be spending on social media by just having the ads out there. I think honestly, the money that I spend on ads is less than the, you know, equivalent of time that I would have to spend on social media to get those same results. And it's not soul sucking like social media feels and it doesn't feel hard. It doesn't feel, it doesn't, again, it doesn't take me away from my family. And so I love that you brought that up, that you don't necessarily need social media because I almost never post on social media and I have a thriving business. So I love seeing examples of that in other people as well, because again, it's just something that was crucial to me for my mental and physical health. I just couldn't depend on social media. I hate reading the comments. So mm -hmm. I love those other formats that you mentioned. And it's just great to know that there are options out there. Now, the last Absolutely. question, yeah, the last question that I kind of wanted to get to was along the same lines. And this might be, you know, myth number four we talk about today, but Another big objection that I hear from my audience who have a full-time job, whether that's teaching or something else, a lot of times they say, well, you know, if I'm going to leave my job or if I'm going to start a side hustle and eventually leave my job, I'm going to end up trading my nine to five for a 24 seven. And they feel that risk that they're going to all of a sudden feel like this slave to their business. So do you want to talk a little bit about what that experience has been like for you and your students? Absolutely. I believe in setting the priorities of your life and then designing your business around your life instead of the other way around. So for me, I'm a mom of two little kids. I have a three and a half year old who's in preschool two days a week, just in the morning, and a six year old who's in kindergarten now. But when I started my kindergarten ready business, like I told you, they were three months old and almost three and they were needy and that was my priority in my life. My my business has always revolved around the schedule of my kids. And then I just use the time that I have to work on my business extremely intentionally. And I get a lot done during those chunks of my day. But I do think your business could take over your life if you let it. And there's just so much in like laying those boundaries and sticking to them and keeping your priorities top of mind, whatever that is, whether it's having another job or actual hobbies and interests or just downtime to rest and recover. And so I think planning what you're going to do during the chunks of your day that you work is crucial. And also just knowing 
that it doesn't have to take over your life. If you really prioritize the things that you're working on, if you're following a system that is a step-by-step-by-step and you have clear vision on what you're going, what where you're going and what you need to do next, I don't think it has to take over your whole life. I agree. And this kind of reiterates another point that you brought up, but you can always see what feels good and it's okay if you get something wrong or if you try posting organically on social media first and then you're like, oh, this doesn't feel good or this is taking way longer than I thought or this you know, doesn't feel right. I'm not connecting with the right people. You can always pivot and change, but you're never going to figure out what works for you until you actually start trying. So I love that we were able to kind of bring that full circle. And just to give an example, something that I tried doing is live launching, meaning I had an, an uh, excuse me, a cart open period and a cart close period for my course and products. So I had to rely on that one single week or those couple of days to generate a huge wave of revenue. And to me, that didn't feel good. I know it was what a lot of people were teaching. I, I was listening to the experts, but in practice, it just didn't align with my life. I also had two little kids. So again, I tried it. I gave it a couple goes and I just decided, you know what, there has to be another way. So now my products are available for purchase all the time. So one last logistics question, can somebody purchase your products all the time or do you do that live launch model that is so common in online business? I do kind of a combination of them. I definitely do more of a lazy launch than people who are like showing up full force because I don't have the bandwidth time or, you know, ability to really do that with where my life is right now. And I've done fine with that. So on the kindergarten ready side of my business, I have a shop, kindergarten ready shop, where most of my products are available all the time. My membership is not open all the time. It opens three or four times a year. And so you do have to get in. And for that, I will do a webinar where I'll show up live and teach a free class and then offer people to join my membership. That feels pretty easy and low key to me. It takes an hour and a half in an afternoon. Maybe I'll do two of them during a launch. And then I send a ton of emails because um, I believe the more emails that you send, the more sales you'll make. And I love writing emails. And I will write those way in advance. Like I will start them the month before the launch happens. So I'm never scrambling to wake up that day and write my three emails that I want to go out. Most of it's done well ahead of time. And the only thing I'm really showing up live for over there is the webinars. Now on the teacher biz side of my business, I have one starter mini course that's available all of the time and which is called Teacher Biz Basics. And it just helps you decide if a teacher biz is right for you and teaches you how it works anyway. For my bigger program, Teacher Biz Blueprint, I do live launch that. And it is more intensive than I've done on the kindergarten ready side because it's a higher price point and it's a bigger decision. And so I do really wanna show up and especially show my teaching style so that someone can actually decide if they like to learn from me before they invest in my product. I think that's really important. I want to be the right fit for you if you're going to spend money on my bigger course, but I'm still doing it in a way where I'm trying to model not letting your business overrun your life and having those healthy boundaries. So I'm just very clear with the people I'm speaking to that I'm a mom and I have little kids and I have to get to that bus stop by 3 p.m. And, and I explain that to them. And I think people like that. I think when you show up as yourself, 
and really let people behind the curtain of your life and tell them why you're doing things in a certain way. And, you know, especially for my people, I'm trying to model that you don't need to be available 24 seven to run a thriving business. So I feel like I've been able to live launch over there without getting completely burned out and running myself to the ground. And I kind of like it. It's kind of fun. I kind of get to know my community uh, a little bit better that way. And so, so it's been okay. I love that. And I also, I guess, use a combination model because even though there's no real urgency attached to it, I do do several live classes and challenges a year. I mainly do them for list building. And again, to be in tune with my community, to show up live because a lot of my content is, you know, me talking at people. So having that two-way communication is really helpful. I love doing it. And sometimes I'll, I'll throw in little bonuses for people who attend that free class or do that free challenge. So even though you can purchase my products all year round, if you purchase within a little window, maybe you'll get a free coaching call. Maybe you'll get an additional resource or something like that. So, you know, that's the thing about online business is exactly what you said. You can make it work for you. Even if you're following someone else's blueprint, you can then adapt that to make it fit your life, your priorities, how you want to show up for your audience. And I absolutely love that you're modeling a business that doesn't feel soul sucking, that doesn't take you away from your family, because that's exactly what people come to you for. So I think that's so admirable. And I'm so excited to talk about the next topic, which is you do have something exciting coming up, right? I do. I'm hosting a free live challenge called the Plan Your Teacher Biz Challenge, where I'm going to be showing up live and teaching every day of the challenge for three live trainings plus a bonus master class. There's also a Facebook community involved so you can get to know other teachers who are building their businesses right alongside you, which I think is so special. But I'll be teaching you how to decide on your business goals, how to find that special skill set that you have, like we talked about and how to decide who you're going to serve with your business. And then I'm going to break down the science of naming your business, which is actually really important. And there is a science to that. So I'm gonna guide you through how to name your business, all for free, live classes, there are replays available. And I'm just really excited to get to know this group of teachers who are all working together to build their own businesses. That's great. Well, I am so excited. I'm going to link that challenge in the show notes if you're listening, and I will link it in the video description if you're watching, but I highly recommend showing up and learning from Heather. These free challenges are so fun. And again, I'm so excited to see all of the businesses that you guys listening create with this. So after we sign up for the challenge, where can we continue learning from you in other ways, maybe on social media or your website? Yeah, so I'm at teacherbiz.com and I'm also on Instagram at teacherbiz. While social media is not the only way to find people for your business, I'm actually doing more social media in 2024 because I want to test things out for my students and I've been having fun with it. So I've been showing up there a lot more than usual and that's a great place to find me. Great. And I'm also the host of the Teacher Biz podcast, so you can come over and listen to that too. Yes, I will absolutely link that. So thank you for that reminder. But I really appreciate your time and generosity and expertise today. This was such a fun conversation and I'm walking away feeling motivated. So I hope you listening are walking away feeling motivated as well. Thank you so much. All right. That wraps up my interview with Heather O'Donnell. If you want to sign up for Heather's challenge, the link is in the show notes of this episode as are all of her social media accounts and her website. So you can continue following and learning from Heather. 
And as always, if you have a topic suggestion or a guest expert interview that you'd like me to do, please DM me on Instagram. I would love to create more episodes that you want to listen to. All right, I will see you right back in your feeds on Monday. Have a great weekend, playmakers. Bye.